0: What's up society members welcome to the underground society podcast a show that helps you achieve your goals in the EDM industry I'm your host Justin McGarry and i invite invited to join me as I discover the challenges that the professional industry had to overcome in order to start building their careers and finding success I'm back from EDC, and I'm ready to get back to weekly episode releases. Uh, If you haven't gone to EDC, I would highly recommend it. I had VIP this year, and while at most festivals I would normally pass on VIP, EDC was actually beyond worth it, and I will be returning with VIP next year. I actually just bought my tickets today, so I'm super excited for that. Um, Before we get started, though, I just wanted to take a second to thank all of you for understanding the fact that we took last week off since I was out of town. Um, I definitely needed to take that second to just step away from work and enjoy the time that I had in Vegas. Um, But this week we were back with our guest, Omas, who is a bass music producer out of San Francisco, California. He's an Icon Collective alumni and also plays professional poker outside of music. And today he tells us how his biggest hurdle while building his project was actually developing a unique brand and provides us with some tips on how we should create our own brand using elements of who we already are in real life. So I hope you're ready for this one. Let's get started. This episode is sponsored by Air AirVDM is your premier electronic dance music brand, a printed little magazine, lifestyle inspired subscription box, and full production event company. AirVDM has been forging the future of EDM for over five years now and produces only the finest content, events, and apparel for EDM fans worldwide. Curated for Ravers by Ravers. Visit airavedm.com, that is E R A is dot com, to join the movement and see how you can get involved. Now enjoy the episode.
1: My name is Oliver. I produce under the alias Omos. I've been producing for about, call it like seven years now. Um, you know, initially, if someone said I'd be a music producer seven, eight years ago full time, I'd have said you're crazy. I was. <laughs> um, I played basketball in college. Um, was kind of focused on that. And then my first actual like electronic show was Arl Grime at Coachella back in like 2013, and that was like my biggest influence because I'd never like heard music like that at all. Right. Um. You know, I listened to, like hip hop, R and B, uh, that type of stuff. Um. And it was cool, man. Like I, I just never seen that type of energy, that those types of sounds. Then after that, just started listening to it more and more. Um, eventually wanted to take up production and DJing, um, and yeah, that was kind of just the, the background of how it all started, I guess. Sweet. Uh, where'd you go to college? Uh, Claremont McKenna. It's a really small, at? uh, liberal arts school in LA. It's kind of like 30 minutes east of okay. LA.
2: And then yeah. you later went to Icon, right?
1: I did. Yeah. So yeah. right after I graduated from Claremont, uh, moved back or not moved back to, so LA. moved to North Hollywood. Um, and yeah, I was there for a year, um, which Sweet. was definitely an awesome experience. Kind of just like. You know started the whole process of me like really taking this seriously mm-hmm. pursuing it as a career
2: making a good network of producers and that type of stuff absolutely
0: yeah.
2: um you're you live now in san francisco right have you, I do. Did, you did you grow up there or is that your so or?
1: yeah i was i was born in san francisco i was there until i was like seven and then moved to san diego for middle school and mm-hmm. then was in la for high school college icon and then been back in the bay area for like three and a half four years now
2: what caused <laughs> you to want to move back
1: Um, so my girlfriend who's a year above me, um, at Claremont, she moved up to SF for her work. Um, Uh, Okay. And honestly, like, I love the Bay Area, man. And like, I was in LA for so long and I was kind of ready for a change. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there's, there's always that stigma of people saying like, oh, you have to be in LA to like. You know network and you know succeed in this industry and i think that's complete bs to be honest (laughs) you can make a name for yourself anywhere like some of the best and most successful producers i know are like you know in the midwest or like in random places like that you know people are going to come to you if you can show you're valuable and like have good music and branding um obviously does help you know to be around those types of shows all the time but in my opinion, the best type of networking happens online and not at shows where promoters are busy doing other Backst- stuff and a bunch of people
2: are drunk anyway.
1: So, Backst- <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk a little bit about your Icon days, though. Um, how mm-hmm. was it? Like, well, how was your experience? Because I'm actually going to be, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my finances together, but by the end of the year, I'm going to be a student there. So,
1: yeah, dude, it was awesome, man. Like, it's it's the biggest part for me about Icon was just being around a network of producers mm-hmm. like 24 seven. You know, everybody's like working really hard, so it inspires you to also like kind of not slack off. Um, you know, the mentors I had were great. Um, the classes were good. Um, it was just a good structure to have, you know, because basically we could go to class, hang around, go to office hours and rent out studios, just make music all day. Right. Um, and being in North Hollywood made it really easy to go back and forth from home to the studio or to the um the campus. I was like, I don't know, two miles away. Mm-hmm. So it was easy. I lived with another a couple of producers. Um, you know, that's where I like met Sully, who uh, me and oh, were yeah. actually lead mentors for an online 12-week program right now. Um, you know, and that's just one example of like personally. Like when I was there, Pauline and Her was there, Effin was there. Those are like the three oh, big dogs sick. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I was a very average producer at this point. <laughs> you know? So you know, just seeing these guys and like how they were crushing it already back then, yeah. um, was definitely really inspiring. Um, yeah, man, it was well, cool. It was. What do you think? I, yeah.
2: What do you think you got most out of it? Like, what was like your your big thing that you took away from um, the
1: I think um, if I'm being completely honest, like, you know, I think the the networking, yeah. and the, like meeting all those producers and being around that campus 24-7 was the biggest thing for me. Like, sure, I did learn a lot, um, you know, throughout the classes. But I think the biggest thing was just, you know, coming out of there with a network of producers that, you know, from all different levels that you could collaborate with, learn from. Um, and then just coming out a little bit more confident because the the whole course is not just like production stuff. It's like music business, songwriting, you know, it just instills a lot of confidence to you when you come mm-hmm. right out the gate, um, to, you know, pursue this full time that kind of gave you all like the tools. And then it's just about like, you know, being disciplined with yourself and then
2: moving forward from that after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like to ask this question too, is like. Some people like they pretty much like they didn't go to school for music production. Um, They learned a lot from, you know, YouTube tutorials and stuff like that. And you being a mentor now, can you share some insight of like why one would choose maybe like why did you choose to go to school when like sometimes like you don't necessarily have to? What was like your driving force there?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, like you don't have to nowadays. Like there are so many good resources online. You know other platforms like defyre was a yeah, big thing to for me. yeah yeah like as far as like getting you know my music in front of like legit producers and kind of coming up that way getting support and collaborations with those dudes um you know my my whole thing was at that point i just still wasn't really confident in my production so i felt it was going to really get my stuff to a more professional level which it did yeah. um, you know i still had some work to do after that but it definitely streamlined that whole process and you know i have heard like just the majority of people went to icon you know Thought it was an amazing experience, so you know, was lucky enough to be able to go, and um, that was kind of my whole thing. I just really wanted to get my production to like the professional level, like as quick as possible. Now, that being said, like I said, there's so many different ways online now, and so many resources like YouTube, Defy, mm-hmm. or you know, the the 12 week course. Me and Sully and our friend Sean, who also went to Icon Run, uh, are you guys um, just running in, that
2: privately, or what? Yeah,
1: so it's it's basically like a. 12-week course that's kind of it has a whole full module that covers everything Mm -hmm. with songwriting arrangement, sound design mixing and mastering and then the meat of the program is basically we me and soli host group calls three times a week uh which which is each kind of like focused on a designated topic those three ones i talked about like songwriting sound design um and mixing and mastering and then people can book one-on-ones as needed for extra help um Sweet. it's basically just kind of like a more personalized defier if you will. yeah, yeah. Um, and then people can re-enroll if they want we have a launch program now where people are going to start focusing on their branding so um, it's awesome. We've seen so you guys are week. running this like you guys are
2: con- going to continue on with this. Yeah, Plus, definitely. What's it's, the for someone who might be interested in that listening? What, what's the the price point and everything for? for um,
1: so I actually don't know the full price. Sean, okay. <laughs> um, our our like boss at friend, if uh, you will, always handles that. Um, got it. And no, it's definitely way, 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 way cheaper than Icon and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. That. But, you know, it's it's a not saying that's bad at all. but, right, like, right, right. things, <laughs> but you know, We're only a three to four week or not three to four month program with options to re-enroll or go into our launch Mm -hmm. program and stuff like that. Um, but you know, for what it is and what most of the majority of our students have said after it, it's, it's definitely worth the time. So if anybody out there listening, like feel free to message me for some more info, it's called, um, fast forward mentoring. Um, so, uh, yeah,
2: Awesome. Um, I did. I was. I was doing my research for this interview. uh sound. I found something in your Instagram that I thought was very interesting. I love how you market your and like do your giveaway your pizza giveaways. Yeah. yeah. How did that come to fruition? How, like, what yeah. was the backstory so, on that?
1: Yeah. So I mean, pizza is my favorite food. Um, yeah. If you can even see here, the shirt. Yeah, a pizza buddy. shirt. <laughs> a, bu- a buddy of mine actually made it for birthday. It's like a vinyl that has, like, half pizza and the half, like, my Event Horizon remix, which I did for Code Pandora a long time ago. That's sick. Um, which is cool, yeah. But, yeah, man, I always just like pizza. And, like, when I was beginning to think about, like, my branding and stuff, which obviously is now mostly, like, the poker stuff mixed with those yeah. kinds of visuals and, like, themes. Um, you know, pizza's a big part of, like, just who I am. And branding, in my opinion, is just an extension of yourself yeah. um, and in a more exaggerated fashion. So I thought that was a really fun way when I do releases to, like, keep people engaged who, it's may, or may, genius. Not even, yeah, who may or may <laughs> not even like, like my music to be yeah. honest like you know what I mean like they're, they're like oh shit Omos is throwing like a, a free pizza giveaway I got it yeah, who, who doesn't know? like pizza <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah man it was a cool thing to keep people engaged I haven't done one in a little bit I've just been like a really busy as far as like developing the brand on the poker mm. side because in my opinion that is going to be like the long-term thing so i'm still kind of thinking about how to in- intertwine it but i'm definitely gonna do some more pretty soon because you know it's always a good time and who, like you said who doesn't like free right. <laughs> you know for a follow it's a pretty good deal yeah.
2: <laughs> how long have you been playing poker
1: so yeah so i've been playing poker now for well quote-unquote professionally for like six or seven years oh wow um, so Basically, after I graduated college, like I was trying to find a way where I could make money and not mm-hmm. have to work a nine to five. Because um, I know myself, I I I just know I'm personally not. Other people are, I know, but I'm personally not disciplined enough to work a nine to five and work at night. Yeah. Like I'm super inspired in the mornings. I treat this like a normal job, like eight to five, eight to six, usually every day. Um, and at night, I like to chill with my girlfriend. You know, go see friends. Um, you know, right. I think I do think maintaining a social life at some point is still important just for mental health. So I've always valued that. -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I basically just been doing that until music became like full time, um, as far as like a pretty solid salary and income for me about two years ago. Was poker like an actual love for you though? Like, did you? Yeah. So okay, uh, cool. Yeah, I love it. I actually, my grandma, um, who's this ninety-two-year-old, like little sweet, four-foot-eleven Filipino lady, taught me to play. poker and blackjack when I was like three years old before I could barely even talk. And um she was like known as the Dragon Lady in Vegas back in the day. Like she played professionally Damn. for a while. Okay. So you know I grew up playing with my family and mm-hmm. friends for fun. And like when I was brainstorming ways to do it like or like to make money after college, I was like, well, I could really hammer down on this type of stuff. So I've had a few coaches, um, online kind of courses I've taken, like really studying the ins and outs of poker and like for the people listening, like poker is a game of skill. You know, yeah. it's, it's basically just like getting yourselves in consistent situations where you have an edge, say like 60 to 40, 70, 30,
2: whatever right. it is. Because um, you know, regardless, you are going to have some losses, mitigating yeah. those losses and maximizing the wins. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the stock market. It's like, you know, yeah. just educated investments over time is going
1: to be profitable. Yep. You know, within a few month period, sure, you could lose some money. But, you know, if you play right over years.
2: You know, you can make a career for it or what's the process like of like becoming pro? Like, what does that mean?
1: So, I mean, I just consider it like just making a a living off of it. Right. So like Mm -hmm. being like profitable from it. So in the first couple of years, it was like very up and down. And as I studied more and more, I I used to be a cash game player, which is way different from tournaments. That's basically just come up to a table or online with a certain amount of cash in front. of you just playing straight with cash hand to hand Um, throughout the last couple of years. I've become more of a tournament player which is basically you you buy in and everyone gets the same amount of chips and it's basically you just play until there's no chips remaining you know one person has them all um it's a different structure different game but for me and like i calculate everything i have an app that tracks my tournaments my cash games my rois that type of stuff so um it just over time i've noticed that my hourly with tournaments is much higher than my hourly with cash is it all online <laughs> um i it's now mostly online so believe it or not every day i have my phone open with like two tournaments while i'm producing the whole day oh, shit. Um, so i'm doing both simultaneously i still play live now that it's back since covid but before it was mostly live i wish before i was playing only online mm-hmm. because that have, would have saved me a lot more time to make music back in the day yeah but, um now i'd say it's like 90 percent online yeah. i still go in every once in a while to go play live as well so how have you
2: have you incorporated so obviously you said you were bringing the poker yeah. in, into like your music brand I've seen the I've seen the cards um and some of mm-hmm. your like your EP covers and stuff like that how, how yeah. else have you like really incorporated like the poker into your music yeah. brand so right now it's like
1: it's mostly the live show visual aspect. Um, you know, it's basically an extension of the cards you've seen, like on my social medias, just in different like facets visually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically my whole entire like live show visual is just different versions of cards doing like the classic cool EDM shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and then I'm incorporating it more into like actual song themes. So I actually just finished my debut EP, which is called the Ace of Spades EP. So it's three songs. Um, the first song is called Queen of Hearts. Seconds, King of Diamonds, third is ace of spades. And they all have themes uh, about kind of like risk taking, mm-hmm. um, you know, that this everything that has to do with poker as far as like the actual vocals themselves. Um, so I'm going to be incorporating more and more of that and just continuing the visual brand. And I actually also now every like couple months, I'm hoping to move into like once a month host in my discord. Um, these like poker nights where I bring in a special guest um, for a and a that we do on Twitch. And then I bring the special guest into my Discord, and whoever wants to come just play very low stakes, like a few bucks um, poker my Discord. So I think it's a good way for people to meet other producers, ask my special guests, like, you know, great questions. Um, you know, I, uh, I've i had – who have I had on stride? Wesley Collins, who's the CEO of Recall Records, is the first time. And mm-hmm. then I had uh, Crimson Child. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I interviewed
2: him a few months ago. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're
1: charged the man. Yeah, him and I actually – are working on something together now, which I'm pretty excited for.
2: So um, but yeah,
1: so those are the main ways right now. I'm still kind of brainstorming my manager's ways to expand it. But, you know, for now, I think it's it's on a good direction. Yeah, I mean,
2: I'm looking at your pull up your uh, Spotify. I'm looking at your your newest single that you did with Danny Keegan. Even with that cover, like you incorporated like the what, where where the circle yeah. with the line. That, is that was haunting in the me. Yes. Yeah. 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 What is cool dude, like the original like Omos like logo? Yeah. Where, where did that kind of come from? Because that looks so, really cool on a card. Y- yeah. <laughs> dude,
1: yeah. So um I got introduced to this dude named Eric Schilling through my buddy um, from high school, who was an artist. I think he's based in Arizona. Um, and I just had to make a bunch of different like kind of variations of a logo. I really had no idea what my logo wanted to be <laughs> like. Um, so I was like, dude, just go for it. Give me a bunch of things, and one of them was. The oh the slash through it uh-huh. um and i just love that look and it like you said it fits really perfectly on like card type yeah. things um you know eventually i want to start selling like kind of like my own decks of like omos decks of cards like at shows and stuff like that along with you know my normal merch and whatnot um but yeah dude that's kind of how it came about i that's really sick. had no, no part of his all eric um he goes by shilling on social media if anybody's looking for a really great artist for that type of yeah. stuff
2: also love that song. I love Danny King too. Um, I know you've done a lot of, I know you've done a lot of work with her. Um, Mm. how did you, when did that interaction first take place and when did you guys meet? Yeah,
1: she's awesome. And like now one of my really close friends in the industry, but Yeah. yeah, so basically, um, uh, in the icon page, actually, this guy named Nick Sherwin, who at the time was like the oh, head of. Oh, he's, he's my mentor. He, oh, he is? <laughs> yeah, okay, I know dude, I, Nick, I I know Nick man, very well, yeah. Tell, tell Nick Omas says hello. <laughs> so he posted in the icon Facebook group uh, Hey, this vocalist named Danny King is offering like discounted top lines for, like 150 bucks. I was like, Holy shit, she sounds great. That's so cheap. So I, mm-hmm. I hit up Nick to connect me. And then um, me and Danny made this song Radiant. And then uh worked on her again with a song called release me that came out on kilobyte um a while ago it was two years ago and then uh me and danny started just talking more and more kind of like started a relationship you know we loved working with each other it was really easy she's so talented and just the easiest and the best yeah. to work with um and then actually uh so her manager at the time who is now my manager to natasha uh danny sent natasha without even me knowing like um my unreleased catalog at the time which is like 10 songs and Natasha heard it and then called me, wanted to talk about, you know, potential management, management options. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And that's kind of how I started my whole relationship and partnership with, well, now is Cultivate. We used to be called as Paragon, okay. but now it's Cultivate Artists. Um, and Natasha's just the best. She's awesome. We've grown our team. It's a really strong team now. Um, we've another manager on the roster named Rissy. Um, that's kind of how it all started with Danny. And now I think we have like a total between we have a Elise bunch of music and, with her. Released and yeah. unreleased. It's got to be like 15, 14, 15 <laughs> songs. Something crazy like that.
2: Yeah. I feel like a lot of producers, like, they find, like, a vocalist that they really like to work with. Like, look at even, like, Slander with Dylan Matthew. Like, mm. they fi- you find someone who really works with your music and you got just really work together really yeah. well. And you kind of, like, stick and continue to make music with that yeah. person. Dude,
1: 100%. Yeah. It's so easy with her. Like, I sent her an instrumental. And, like, besides the Queen of Hearts song, which is on the new EP, like, I usually just let her have full 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 reins on the vocals and stuff yeah. because she just always crushes it and she sometimes even and most of the time actually just sends like three different top line ideas and i can just choose my favorite one which like that's most fun. vocalists do not do yeah um but you know that's like and that's a super cool thing about our management team is we have so many talented singers like danny being one of them isdom who i work with a lot zach ray keeney solana um, you know, we're very, I mean, I'm very blessed to be around a team with mm-hmm. so many talented vocalists
2: You're. I, I've heard her interview on the Lizzie Jane podcast and she said that you're kind of like a mentor to her in a way as well. Yeah. You, so we, yeah, we, okay. we,
1: we kind of like worked out a deal, like as far as like, um, you know, between costs and stuff like that, where I, um, help her with production stuff. I'm going to help her produce mm-hmm. like her own Danny King. EP, That's right. Help, yeah. Helping her with, um, you know, DJing and just pure production stuff. Cause she wants to incorporate that more um into her project at some point soon and then you know in turn uh we should do his top lines and stuff for a discounted rate and stuff so um you know that's something i would recommend to like other producers like yeah. listening is like you know grow a relationship with these artists like don't just treat them as like one-off singers that you just pay and you're done for like number one just to, like because it's a good relationship to have and number two you can work out like so many good deals like most of these vocalists are worked are down to like work for a long time and you can kind of grow that relationship from yeah. there in many different ways. I think it's
2: smart that you've branched out, branched out in music too. Like, um, doing the mentorship and, um, I mean, you obviously playing poker, that's kind of separate, but doing the mentorship and like working with other people and kind of like making you're, you're focusing on more than just like your artist project and you're actually totally. like focusing on like the music business super smart yeah. to do um, it's important man like yeah. you know
1: like there's so many different ways you can make money history it's really hard but like you don't have to be i mean a fully touring artist to make a career from mm-hmm. this you know between
2: mentoring sync and licensing sample packs engineering like, even like uh know. what's that called um uh, not only fans but the other one uh patreon yeah patreon a lot of people yeah, patreon. have Patreons too yeah yeah 100
1: yeah. percent, man like you know, if you're not doing that, and honestly, a lot of these bigger producers that we see touring, like they also are doing these things on the side because, you know, money in this industry is so hard mm-hmm. to come by. So you are your producer these days, you got to like have multiple facets yeah. of income, um, or else it's gonna be really hard on yourself.
2: Artists aren't making the money that they used to on just no, people no. buying their music. <laughs> dude. And now with like, every,
1: like inflation, everything going up, man, yeah. it's such a struggle, even with just like shows, dude, like I know yeah. so many big artists that are like, even struggling to like, break even when they're like flying out with two booking fees and stuff. It's tough right now, man. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Um
2: I, I talked to a lot of different artists on Subsidia. I kinda of wanna branch off into that. You've released like four or five different tracks on like multiple different compilations. Mm-hmm. How did the relationship with Subsidia start for you? Was that yeah. through through kind of like that wasn't yes. through like Danny King and the people those people, yeah. right? Uh
1: kinda so uh basically when Excision like announced his new label and stuff mm-hmm. another compilation, I guess um my manager natasha had some relationships with people on that team so okay, back in it. 20 and 2020 she sent over a few of my tracks um and the first one they picked up was lost in outer space with my buddy les gold um who's like an amazing indie which is kind of like a weird college because it's like an indie um <laughs> like singer in an indie band but you know that's it's still one of my favorite tracks because yeah. you know how unique it was and we got that song picked up um and then you know i had i think i think i've had five released them total um, all very different songs, like a collab with Top Robin that came out after that. Need your touch, um, collabs with Inhuman and Felmax, all in all different compilations and Fel- collabs. Felmax
2: with. is from the Bay, isn't he? Uh, he lives in the Bay Area now. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah,
1: Vegas. Yeah, he um he just moved here like I don't know, like five or six months ago, maybe a little longer than that. Actually, now, um, but yeah, he lives. I think he kind of lives out near you. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Daniel's the man. Uh, but yeah, so basically we just kind of like grew that relationship over the year. All the releases really, got really successful, you know, hit some editorial playlists, um, you know, and that all accumulated into them booking me for Lost Lands, which is still kind of unreal yeah. to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, how was that? <laughs> so, uh, dude, it was wild, man. It was, it was such a cool experience, like meeting a bunch of these artists I've mm-hmm. looked up to for years, you know, playing on that type of stage. Um, you just, know, I was there. This Sidious stage was
2: sick, dude. It was sick. Yeah.
1: I was I wasn't expecting it to be that cool, man. Like I I, had, I was trying to expect myself to have like low expectations just because I was like small artist, you know, side stage. But like they crushed it. Like that stage was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I had a good slot too. I was like eight to nine on a Saturday. The issue was I was conflicting with G Jones, Space oh. Laces, and Kai Wachi, B2B Sullivan King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, and I still surprisingly had like a few hundred people on my set. So I was super happy with it. Um, you know, but like there's no way you're not gonna be conflicting with someone at right. the festival, right? Every every time there are just amazing artists across the board. The people so. who
2: play those stages to have a mass amount of people is when the sound camps start after everyone's done. Yes. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was an awesome experience, man. I it was such cool like feeling just having that be my first major festival I played. Um, you know, hopefully I'll be able to play again this next year or two. Yeah, hopefully. I'll be going. Yeah. So it where well, will yeah.
2: you be going even if you don't play?
1: Um it depends. I would okay. like to. I just got to figure out some other shows. Right, 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 right. Yeah,
2: sweet. Um, well, I know something that you just did recently. Another big show for you was the Root Service Showcase. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, how was that? Man, that's That looks crazy. What first yeah. of all, what venue was that? At? I, I that wasn't was sure. at the
1: Ogden Theater oh, in Denver. Yeah, it's like one of their older theaters. Yeah. Um, really beautiful, massive kind of old school theater. Um, dude, it was great. I mean, that was by far the biggest crowd I played in front of. Like, they sold out. It was like sixteen or seventeen hundred cap room. Yeah. Um, You know, and people showed up early because like the whole thing for that show was you know a bunch of these new artists that Bear Girls has like come up with on his label. Um, and dude, it was awesome, And, Like the energy in Denver is crazy. Like that that crowd was wild. And like one I one of the played, biggest like, 10-
2: one of the biggest dubstep areas like in the world. Yeah. Dude,
1: <laughs> apparently it's like the basement of Capital World now, which yeah. is super cool. Um, but yeah, and I had, like a, I had a slot like in the middle of the night. Um, and it was really fun, man. And It was really good to like, I had met RJ at his show, Bills yep. at his show um, in SF about a month before, uh, briefly. But oh, yeah, he did just play here. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, cool meeting all these other artists that I had met on Root Service, like, you know, Stryer, Vastiv, mm-hmm. uh, Vulcan, who's now on our management team, too. Oh, sick. Wayne. Yeah. Um, you know, Wave. There was, I mean, everybody I met there was super cool. Um, top Robin actually came and visit me in SF that week before or that month before too, so I I've been uh, there nice. before. But yeah, so it was awesome, man. Like it was so cool, and it's really cool. What Bear Grylls is doing right now, like you know, supporting a bunch of these like kind of smaller artists and
2: bring yeah. them on his label. I feel like he's being very selective about who it is too. Like Excision's mm-hmm. kind of like okay, all these smaller artists, they all have talent. Let's put put mm-hmm. them on and see what happens. He's like, I feel like he's being more selective about things than yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah
1: and it was just cool, man, because like it was a free. Like the, it was just an RFCP show. So, um, you know, he did everything like he could to pack out that theater for Mm -hmm. like a bunch of these artists, you know, that haven't had a chance to like play big shows. Like, I know Digital Skies, who played with that was just like his first show ever. I know that was like Wave's first time like playing on CDJs and like they all crushed it. And it was, it was just a really cool environment to see. Um, it's, it's been really cool. Bear girls has been doing with rude service. So definitely going to, you know, continue releasing them and growing with them. Cause, um, yeah, it's, it's really awesome to see.
2: But what, what would you say your favorite moment of that entire show was for you?
1: So Danny actually flew out to perform oh, with me. So we, we played out haunting me live. And then we've actually played out Queen of Hearts, that new one unreleased on live for the first time, which is really cool. So that's nice. got to be up there Super fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: um, th- through all this time of like all the success that you've had, you know, you're obviously now, you know, living off music full time. What has been like the most difficult part of your journey in, in your personal experience?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, there's definitely been a couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there always is. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, I'll start with, I actually, and this was kind of when I was during Icon, I won't get into like the nitty gritty of it, but like I went through some really intense kind of mental health stuff streaming from like a incident that happened at a festival. It's kind of like a PTSD type thing for me for a couple of years. And that was when I was at Icon. So it was like Mm. at times really hard to work, um, you know, basically do anything. And I know anybody out there dealing with kind of mental health. Um, can understand this. Um, you know, don't have to get into what actually happened because it's a very dark story. No, you're but, good, you're good. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and I got through that. And then, you know, for after Icon, when I was in San Francisco, like I kind of felt in limbo for a couple of years. Like I was still producing every day, trying to figure out like, how can I make a career off of this? And, you know, almost quit like four or five times. And it was my last kind of straw right before, or right when COVID started, I was like, okay, I have no excuses now. I'm gonna give myself like six months to really streamline what's going to be happening, or I'm going to quit and find something else to do. Um, and then after the, like a few months into that, that's when I started joining the fire. Mm-hmm. And you know stuff started happening. for me. like I won that remix contest for Code Pandorum, who's now known as human, um, you know, started getting support on my songs from these bigger artists. So that's when I started to feel like, okay, like something's going in the right direction now. So just kept at it. Yeah, um, like at least getting you, at least getting noticed now. Or in that yeah, spot, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, and Dude, It's hard man like comparison. We're we're human beings. We just naturally compare ourselves to anything. else. Yeah, you know, obviously you you know, deep deep down you're always supporting people around you but like instinctually as humans we are always comparing like oh shit I'm not doing that by doing something wrong different like what could I be doing. I think that's Um, just
2: at the core of being a human is like we're just we're just it's because on a very basic level like before you know the 21st century like back in like the caveman days it's like it's all about survival. So, like, at the end of the day, I think one of the main reasons why we compare ourselves to others and and quote-unquote competition with others is because we have a need for survival. And with music, it's like we need, we want to make that a part of our lives to the point to where we're making a full-time income off of it and we're surviving off of it. So, I think that's a big reason why, yeah, I'm just as guilty as anyone else, too. Yeah, (laughs) I am, too, man. And
1: it's like, you know, I've, like, taught myself over time and like, people always say like oh it's like it's all part of the journey everyone's on journey. Mm-hmm. and that's true man but it's like you know it's still not <laughs> yeah. yeah you know and i think my best advice for everybody out there is like it kind of stems off that like as long as you're putting in you know efficient work every day like i am so on the page of work smarter not harder yeah i don't work 24 hours a day i don't go through the night producing music in my opinion that is some people that, that, that might work for some people you know but in my opinion like it's really important to have like 2 3 hour stints mm-hmm. of like just hard work take a little bit of break yep. come back to that's it, you I know am. and like yep. yeah and i think that's so much more efficient and like You can do other stuff besides like pure songwriting too, like working on your brand. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, social media is almost more important than music at one point in your (laughs) career. So (laughs) also focusing on that, um, you know, you got to have like be a jack of all trades and this type of stuff, man. Like organization, like networking, like there's so many things you can do on a day-to-day basis that's not just like hammering production. Mm Because I know myself like, After a while, I just get burnt out. I'm not inspired to write anymore, right? And I think really hammering in on those moments of inspiration. That's when I get all these like, you know, bunch like five ideas down within a few hours, you know? And then saving those and then coming back to them later. Um, In my opinion, that's just a much more efficient way of of working.
2: Um, Can you give me like a specific example of like, you don't have to give names or anything, but like an example of like a time that you did really compare, like you got stuck in comparing yourself to like a specific brand or a specific thing. Like, and how did you overcome that?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, something maybe recent. Um, some producers that I'm friends with and, like, support heavily, you know, at one point, like, last year, like, they started announcing, like, um, you know, booking management signings, you know, tours and stuff like that. And I was, like, obviously, like, super happy for them. But, you know, also felt like, you know, shit, am I doing something wrong? They're kind of, like, moving past me. Like, when I felt like I was in a little bit of a down period as far as momentum goes. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I was, like, you know, i it's always important to look back on where you came from like for me like i almost quit music two years ago and then i played lost lands a year and a half later you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? it's like you know you got to like really celebrate your wins and i think that's my best advice as far as anybody like anybody at any point like look back on where you were three years ago have you made progress that's what's most important you know like i said before like everyone's on these different journeys and different timelines um and i think that's the easiest way to like really kind of you know, look back on yourself like shit. I'm doing something cool. You know what I mean? And I think you know, it's my hard. Time-
2: to, it's hard to see like or to put yourself in that spot over like people are. You you have to accept that everyone, like you said, like everyone's on their own timeline. So like yeah. as, eventually everyone should get there. Like the odds, like if you just keep going, like as long as you don't give up, your you yeah. should succeed at some point but yeah. because everyone has a different timeline or a different sound like there's so many different aspects to artist project mm-hmm. different sound different branding whatever um, yeah. that resonate with certain people but or a bigger group of people or whatever it may be um but yeah that that timeline thing is i think a hard one yeah. to accept
1: <laughs> totally and dude like I, i've been like i know i come from a basketball background like yeah. a competitive guy like I use that as like heavy motivation. Like, okay, they're doing their shit. I'm gonna do it too. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's, we're in a community where it's so important to support each other, which I heavily value. But also, I like to treat it as like kind of like a friendly competition. You know what I mean, like, okay, yeah, they're doing that. How can I, you know, do better? Is the wrong word, you know? But like, right. you, know, you know, get to the point because like, I don't want to be the that like competitive asshole dick. But you know, having using that as motivation, I think is something mm-hmm. that's really cool to drive because if that can happen to someone I know who came from the same as me, that can happen to me too. You know, that's helped me a ton yeah. Yeah. in the past year. Um, you know, and like, you know, for example, I'll give you an example of how she was a guy crushing him. I went to college with, um, Sokka. Mm-hmm. um, Eric. Yeah, dude, he came up so fast. And like, <laughs> I used to give that guy like production feedback and that guy's production has flown way out the window. And it's like, that's a perfect example of like shit can happen so fast. Once things click, you know, and once things yeah. click for me, like that's when you know, all this momentum started happening. So how, did, started how, does that, create...
2: how does that feel for you, though, knowing that you, you know, used to give him production feedback and stuff like that and to see yeah. someone that you've worked <laughs> with mean, personally of, on it?
1: A... Yeah, I'm proud of it, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, it's always like the the friendly competition type thing yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah. motivating me as well now. But like Eric is like literally the most humble, like welcoming, nice dude. That's awesome. For hardworking. Like he deserves everything that's happening to yeah. him right now. Um but yeah,
2: <laughs> and I think staying going back to the comparison thing is and focusing on yourself like a be in competition only with yourself, like truly look back yeah. at your time. And I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, comparing yourself to others. I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest tool that you can use to get over that. Um, but also like staying in your own lane, staying focused on what you have to do for yourself. Like, because I feel like some, sometimes for me, like um, I'll I'll get so caught up in like maybe comparison and like, oh, what are they doing? like And I'm like trying like oh, they found success by doing this, but it's like, okay, but I'm different. I need to focus on yeah. what I need to do for me. I think, you know, like staying in your own lane. Have you struggled yeah. with that at all? Oh, all the time, man. And
1: like, especially with branding and stuff, because yeah. like, it, it's like, how can I... Do like something that someone else is doing, but like you said, it's like it's not really me. You know, funny enough, uh, someone who's been helping branding me or helping me with branding a lot is Little Texas. Oh, sick! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And (laughs) Sam's like mentored me a few times on it. Obviously, we have completely different brands. (laughs) Um, but like you know, it's basically like what he told me a few times, which is really important. He's a genius when it comes to branding. Yeah, man, he's genius, and like it's like well from him and some people have been mentored by mm-hmm. it's like how can i represent an extension of myself like yeah. what really is me you know what i mean And when i like did a i uh, did like a whole collage dream board which i recommend everybody doing like he told me like you have to do a dream board for your goals for your brand everything look at that every day and continue to add to it um you know and how can i represent myself and i was like okay well what do i like i like music i like poker i like pizza <laughs> and you know i i like to consider myself a like you know a social and like kind of funny guy and someone who's like, yeah. fun to hang out with so how can i present that in an exaggerated way like taboo who i work as a song coming out with on wakan oh awesome. has, like Congrats. yeah has like <laughs> thank you man has helped me like with this, we had a long call about this. And it's basically your brand is an extension of who you are. Mm-hmm. And so it's like people can tell when you're being fake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and when stuff's not genuine. So basically, just like be as genuine as you can, maybe with a little bit of spice on top. But like that's, you know, that's kind of what I've been doing with my branding, which I think has been doing pretty successful for like yeah. my, the amount of followers and stuff versus like the amount of engagement I get. And like, you know, it is, it is an unfortunate evil we all have to do. And we all have to do this. Like, it's really hard to make a career if you don't have a social media presence. Yeah. Your engagement, uh, I feel like, is pretty high. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been, you know, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. It's all yeah. an experiment, too, yeah. man. Like, you know, and I can go on and on about, like, the ways that it has worked for me. It's just it's just being genuine, man, being funny, being a good person. But then there's another, like, that's me, right? It may not mm-hmm. work for someone else. Like, you can do the mysterious route, like, the, you know, the res type stuff, the um, ATL-ins type things, mm-hmm. you know? um or even like so that master out too yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. yeah there's so many different avenues like as far as like comedy mystery um you know just like i don't know like i'm trying to think of, there's like four i've written these yeah. down i'm just having a brain fart l- a yeah. little
2: inside of what they teach at icon
1: yeah exactly exactly exactly. dude 100 percent. so <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's all about just kind of like being who you are and yep. doing your best to stay in your lane. Maybe with like a slightly exaggerated version of yourself. But that's, you know, in my opinion, the thing that works
2: best and what like kind of relates and,
1: um, you know, gets other people excited and stuff. Like,
2: Well, I, I know you have another phone call after this, so I don't want to take up too much of your day. Uh, a couple last cocking points. Um yeah. <laughs> For one, we need to hang out more because I know yes, you live in Texas. Yeah, so, you're so in please, Hayward, yeah, man,
1: yeah, yeah. city time.
2: Definitely. Um, yeah. But the, ex- the other thing, is there anything that we didn't talk about um, that you would like to get out there, promote, or anything like that?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Well, I have a song coming out in about two weeks uh, with Danny King <laughs> and, <Okay. laughs> and uh, this producer named Uber Loud. Um, it's my first independent release in a long, long, long time um but that'll be out on the 25th um, i'm excited about it. it's kind of a cool little unique uh, melodic track um definitely excited about that um i actually have a show in sf um sweet. on i'll, try, I'll Ju- try and june 17th if you want to come through i'm playing with monks oh sweet um at dna lounge yeah awesome. um so that'll be fun um you know other than that i'm trying to think of anything else Ho- hopefully um, lost
2: land yeah hopefully lost, lost Lands. Land. <laughs> fingers
1: crossed i um I can't say too much about it yet, but we have yeah. been in chats with a couple booking agencies that we're hoping to lock in a deal soon. So I'm excited to hopefully announce Excellent. that within the next month. Excellent. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I said before, I have my debut EP. I just finished up, so I'm hoping that'll come out this year. Just now I have to find the right home for it. And yeah. a bunch of really exciting collaborations. Um, Taboo is the one I can probably say right now. And yeah, a bunch of other big ones that will hopefully be out this year. Um I'll just say, it's like, some with uh, some other Wakon guys, um, as well as some other bigger producers that, um, really excited for to hear.
2: Sweet. Awesome. Uh, uh where can the listeners get in touch with yeah. you?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, at Omos Music on all my socials, I'm super responsive. Um, I'm, I take pride in that. <laughs> Maybe it overly. Is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at Omos Music, Instagram's probably the easiest. Um, um, Facebook too. Feel free like, to add me at Oliver Mauser. Don't message me on the Omos, like, Facebook page because Facebook business manager is the devil and I don't even know how to like get to those (laughs) messages. Um, But yeah, like if anybody out there is looking for mentoring um, or anything like that, like please hit me up. Um, uh, We'll give you all the information you need. And uh, yeah. And I I always, you know, tell everybody like I'm always here for advice um, as much as I can give. So if any other producers just have any general general questions, like never hesitate to hit me up.
2: Like I'm always down to help out awesome uh yeah. last last question that i asked to every every person that comes on the show If there's one mm-hmm. piece of advice that you could tell yourself when you first uh created the omos brand project and first started music what would it be and why to yourself to probably
1: be patient like be s- extremely patient like i've been doing this for seven years and like i know some producers have been doing this for, like 13 14 mm-hmm. doesn't come a career until that point like and like be patient like just keep Grind, like I mean, it sounds so cliche, so cliche but like yeah. keep grinding, be patient. Good things are going to happen. It's, it's a really long, hard grind with this industry, and it doesn't get easier as you get bigger and bigger. Yeah. It actually gets harder and harder to make, <laughs> become relevant. So it doesn't stop. And, like, um, you know, I had a whole, I mean, last thing I'll say is, like, I had a whole, like, plan for when I was, like, starting this almost project versus, like, my timeline, and that timeline's completely gone to shit. Yeah. So, you know, um, just be patient, guys. It, good things happen if you continue to put yourself out there every day
2: awesome thank you so much for being on the show today man dude
1: yeah thank you for having me man this is an awesome time
0: Huge thank you to my man Omos for joining me on the show today and providing some valuable insight on how to create a solid brand around our projects, and how to not get caught up in comparing ourselves to others because as he mentioned, what may work for one person isn't always going to work for everyone, which is why it is so important to be authentically yourself. Make sure to follow and subscribe to stay up to date on all of our episodes as we release a new episode every single Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, throw up a post on social media, tag Omos and Underground Society and let them know how much you liked it. The link to both of our social media accounts is in the description.